and amen. First, giving our thanks to Jesus Christ, our Lord and God, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. To Bishop Powell, a man full of the Holy Ghost, thanks for the opportunity to share, and thanks for all your support to this awesome pastoral team, Pastor Lucas, Trevor, Pastor Jeremy, Danny, all these guys, they, they are amazing. To the men of war, also men of God that belongs to this church. To the media, I mean everybody, I'll be up here all day thanking everybody if I just go down the road <laughs> list. <laughs> to TCO, I, I love my church, everybody, I really truly do. Just to feel the glory of God in here, to feel his presence is, 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 is just speechless. It's a blessing to be here to exalt the name of Jesus together. My text can be found in Colossians 2 verse 9. Just one scripture. Colossians 2 verse 9. I'm reading for the KJV and it reads, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen, amen, amen. For a moment of your time, I would like to speak using the topic, the king of the triple-double. The king of the triple-double. You may be seated if you're standing. Triple-double is a term used in the sport of basketball. It means that a player reaches double figure in, uh, in three of the five top categories in basketball. When this is accomplished, that player achieved a triple-double. Nearly all triple-doubles consist of points, rebound, and assists, becoming known as the sport major stacks. Once again, triple-double means when a player meaning one player who demonstrate double-figure abilities in three of the five top categories in the sport of basketball. For example, LeBron James would not need two more LeBron James to help him achieve a triple-double. Likewise, Colossians 2 verse 9 teaches us that Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, meaning one God filled the three spiritual major stacks, which are Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And Jesus filled them all. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name meaning one person, his name, not their name, but his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In this verse, he's called Everlasting Father. That's the Father, but it's still referring to one person. He's called Child, Son, Prince of Peace. That's the Son, but it's still referring to one person. He's called 
wonderful counselor, mighty God. That's the spirit, but it's still referring to one person who represents the fullness of the Godhead bodily. One God. Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Jesus said in John 10.30, I and my Father are one. In John 20, verse 22, it mentioned that Jesus breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Jesus called the breath that he breathed on the disciple, the Holy Ghost. This verse proved the oneness of Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Jesus revealed in John 14, verse 10, that this spirit, the Holy Ghost, is also the Father. John 14, verse 10, end by saying, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work how does the Father dwell in Jesus as the Holy Spirit, proving one God, proving that Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily? Amen, amen. The ball of life was tipped off in God's carnation. See John 1 verse 1 and John 1 verse 14. God supplies all our needs. Ephesians 1 verse 4 teaches us that even before the foundation of the world. Wait a minute. Ephesians 1 verse 4 teaches us that even before the foundation of the world, that our God chose us. He chose us in him to redeem mankind through Isaiah. God teaches us that this promised Savior will suffer and die because of the sin of the world. Romans 5 verse 8 teaches while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, meaning before he formed you, he had a rebounding place. He assists us through his word. John 17 verse 16 and 17 says that they are not of the world, even as I not of the world, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. This teaches us that God sanctifies us through his word. Jesus is the word. See John 1 verse 14. How do God sanctify us? He sanctifies us as the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Revealing he is the king of the triple double. Hallelujah. As a score, he supplies all our needs. As a rebounder, he saves all our soul. As one who assists, he assists us by sanctifying us so we can be in the world and not of the world. Receive God's fullness on today. Hallelujah. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Ephesians 3.17 starts by saying that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. Now we know that Christ is not physically dwelling in our hearts, but as the Holy Ghost, he dwells in all of our hearts. How? 
because he is the spirit. Verse 19 goes on to say in this chapter, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that ye might be saved with all the fullness of God. Here lies the problem, Bishop, with most denomination who are not filled. They are not filled with all the fullness of of God. They have a partial knowledge of God and not the full knowledge of God. They know him as a child and not the creator. They know him as the son and not the spirit. They know him as a man but not as the true and living God. They only have one third of a knowledge of our true living God. They only have a Trinitarian knowledge of him and not the fullness of the Godhead bodily knowledge. John 10 verse 33 says the Jews answer him saying for a good work we stone thee not but for blasphemy and because thou, that thou being a man maketh thyself God to know the fullness of Jesus you must understand there was a language of the Jews a law of the Jews and lingo of the Jews Go in this context mean the interpretation of one culture or better yet the, the understanding of one religion. For example, the lingo would be like uh, the son prayed to the father. Now the Jews knew that that didn't mean two different individual persons, but it meant one. See Isaiah 9 verse 6. So one God. One God. The Jews' law, language, and lingo all pointed to one God. Are you filled with all the fullness of God? John revealed three profound truths about Jesus in John chapter 5. First, that Jesus is the Lord of seasons. See John 5 verse 4. Secondly, that Jesus is the Lord of sickness. See John 5, verse 4 through 9. Lastly, that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. See John, verse 19 and 16, validating that he is the fullness of God and that he is the king of the triple-double. They wanted to persecute Jesus because he worked on the Sabbath rather than teaching them how healing is not working and not a violation of the Sabbath, Jesus goes the other direction and argues how he is working on the Sabbath and why. That is acceptable, Jesus said in John 5, verse 17, my father worked hitherto and I work. Jesus made the point that the father is also working on the Sabbath. This was an interesting dilemma that the Jewish rabbi had. According to Genesis 2, 2, and 3, God rested on the seventh day. However, if God rested on the Sabbath, who sustained the universe? So the Jewish rabbi determined that God does work constantly, but that does not amount to breaking the Sabbath because the entire universe is God's domain. Jesus make this point clear. He said, he said it in a way so the Jews were understanding that the Father worked continuously and that he worked continuously because he is God. Psalm 121 verse 4 says, 
Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. He's never off duty. He watches over us at all times. Hallelujah. Even on the Sabbath, he watches over you. Even on the Sabbath, he protects you. Even on the Sabbath, he provides for you. There is only one person who can work on the Sabbath and rest on the Sabbath and at the same time, and that person is God. This glorious work confirms and proves that Jesus is not a mere human, but Jesus is God, and therefore he must be working at all times. Otherwise, the world would no longer sustain itself. God must be working. Jesus therefore revealed a relationship to the Father that no one else could claim that he is God. Verse 18 in John chapter 5 shows that this is exactly how the Jewish uh, leaders understood what Jesus was claiming, that he was making himself equal to God. Hallelujah. Which is to say that he is God. This was and still is Jesus' intention. Not only does Jesus allow the people to understand that he's claiming to be God, he then gives four more profound evidence that he is God. Evidence number one, Jesus states that he's equal to God in his works. See John 5, verse 19 and 20. Verse 19 reveals two facts about this amazing truth. First, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. Underline the word see. Who can see what the father is doing? Jesus said he can only do what he sees the Father doing. Human cannot see God. Therefore, Jesus is more than a 100% man. He also a 100% God. Secondly, not only does the Son see what the Father is doing, but he does what the Father do. Jesus do what the Father do because he is God. None of us can make a claim that we know all, see all, and do all that our God can do. Of course, God works through us all, but no one but God can do all that God can do. Hallelujah. See all that God can see and know all that God can know unless that person is God. Hallelujah. Jesus responded to the Jews, angered them so that they sought out to kill him, alluding to the fact that Jesus is not just making himself equal to God, but claiming to be God. Listen to how verse 20 adds to the evidence. Verse 20 mentioned, Father, for the father loveth the son and shoot him all things that himself does. Has the father shown you all that he is doing? Jesus announcing his intimate relationship with the father revealed that Jesus is the express image of God person. See Hebrew 1 verse 3. Jesus said in John 14 verse 9, he that has seen me has seen the father. Evidence number two, we learn that Jesus is equal to God in power. Jesus claimed 
to be able to raise the dead and give life to whomever he will. Amazing. Raising the dead and giving life are the sole works and choices of God and God alone. The apostle could not give life to whoever they will. The prophets could not give life to whoever they will. They are depending on the power of God to perform those miracles. Jesus is not an instrument to be used for healing, but Jesus is the healer. John 1 verse 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of man. It is Jesus' prerogative to make the choice to give life to whomever he will. Evidence number three. We learn in this passage that Jesus Jesus is equal to God in judgment. John 5.22 says, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Just like the power to raise the dead and give life, so also is the administration of judgment. Who alone can judge? Only God can judge. All judgment is given to the Son, proving that Jesus is God. Jesus deal with the two realities confessed in the Jewish faith. Only God give life at the beginning, and only God give judgment at the end. Jesus has just made claim to both of those attributes of God, claiming them for himself because he is God. Evidence number four, we learn in this passage that Jesus is equal to God in honor. John 5 verse 23 starts by saying that all men shall honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. Jesus is explaining in this verse, to honor him is to honor the Father. Why is that? Because Jesus is God. The, Jew, the Jews knew that only God can work on the Sabbath. That only God have power over life and death. That only God have the authority to judge all. And only God is worthy of all, all the honor. Jesus ties all of these points together about whom he is. Jesus told the scribes and Pharisees in John 5 verse 46 that Moses spoke of me validating that he is the father of old while Jesus walked among the earth. Mark 4 verse 39 revealed that Jesus rebuked the wind in the way, validating that he is the God of the now. Acts 9 verse 4 reveals when Paul was Saul and he was traveling on the road of Damascus, Jesus confronted him, validating that he's God everlasting. One God, 1 Corinthians 8 verse 4 ends by saying, and that there is not under God but one. So verse 4 acknowledge there's only one God. Then in verse 6 of this same chapter, Paul teaches the church what our belief is. Verse 6 says, but to us, meaning the church, there is but one God. 
the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom all things, and we by him. Now we know the Father and the Lord, which is Jesus, is the same. Because Paul clearly teaches in these verses that we believe in one God. Trinitarians try to use the creation of the world account in Genesis chapter 1 and Jesus' baptism to prove that there are more than one God. But let me help him out right now. That's not rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, y'all better check out that podcast. Genesis chapter 1 is one of three accounts revealing the fullness of God's glory. In Genesis 1 verse 3, we hear the voice of God. Genesis 1 verse 2 reveals the veneer of God, V-E-N-E-E-R, the veneer of God is revealed. It's a noun, veneer means an outward show of a quality, superficial appearance, meaning God is showing us his outward quality. He's showing us his supernatural appearance. Verse 2 teaches that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And in this account, the visibility of God's creation bear witness to God existing. See Romans 1 verse 20. So this is the first account that displays the fullness of God. We hear his voice. voice. We feel his presence, veneer, and we see his creation, visibility. The second account that displays the fullness of God is recorded in Matthew 3 verse 13 through 17 during Jesus' baptism like in Genesis 1 verse 3, Matthew 3 verse 17 records the voice of God. Matthew 3 16 like Genesis 1 verse 2 reveals the spirit of God moving upon the face of the water and also like Genesis chapter 1 reveals God creation here in Matthew the creator is revealed. See Matthew 3 verse 16. John 1 verse 3 teaches us that Jesus is the creator of all things. The third account that displays the fullness of God is recorded in Acts chapter 2. Acts 2 38 explains how one could experience the fullness of God. After one repented after one is baptized in Jesus' name, and after one received the Holy Ghost, the book of Acts records in numerous cases that once this is done, that they begin to speak with other tongues, that the Spirit gave them utterance with interpretation. That's the voice of God. See, Acts 2, verse 4 Acts 10, verse 46, and Acts 19, verse 6. Tongue reflects the voice of God. And we know that the gift of tongue is manifested by the Holy Spirit. See 1 Corinthians 12, 10 and 11. Notice uh, during baptism, there is a body of water. And once again, the Spirit of God moves upon 
the face of the water. The account in Genesis revealed the creation. The account in Matthew revealed the creator. The account in Acts revealed the new creation. When you experience the fullness of the Godhead body, when you have an encounter with our God named Jesus, the king of the triple-double, the lord of the season, you can't stay the same. You won't stay the same. Mark 16, verse 16 teaches us, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Verse 17 goes on to say, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Are you speaking with new tongues? Are you a new creation? Have old things passed away? Have all things become new in your life? Is Jesus the king in your life? Worship team, you can come. Is Jesus the king in your life? Is he the, the Lord of your holiday season? Is he the Lord of the season of life? Hallelujah. If you're not full of his knowledge, if you have not been filled with his fullness, allow Jesus to fill you with his fullness. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Allow him to breathe on you right now. Allow him to breathe on you like he breathed on the disciple. Hallelujah. To baptize you with his spirit and fire. Receive his fullness on today. Hallelujah. Refe receive the glory of God. Hallelujah. You must be filled. We can't live holy without the Holy Ghost. Some people just want a partial of Jesus. It do not work like that. You have to either take all of him or none of him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. I know some people may be hesitated or being hesitant on receiving his fullness. I know that many people are focused on the holiday season. They focus on gift as this place on earth, a tree. But the greatest gift you can give yourself on today is the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said that he will baptize us with the Holy Spirit in our fire. And it is an ironic that we as apostolic, that in the name that we baptize, that in the name that we are baptized in, it's the same name that baptizes us in him. And that's the way that it should be. That's the way that it is. Hallelujah. If you need a blessing, no matter what it is, the time is now. You may come to the altar. You may stand right, right where you at. You may raise your hand in, in honor to him. Remember, he said that all men should give him honor. Hallelujah. Do not leave without the gift of the Holy Ghost. Do not leave without his fullness. But Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead body. In Jesus' name.